Hey, yo, I'm slipping, falling, can't get up. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree to Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Uh, prayers up to our dog, DMX. Before we start this episode, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. If you're not aware, Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created out of love for bourbon. Friendship and camaraderie, the idea of quality time, great conversation, enjoying good spirits brought this team together. Our vision is fueled by optimism, integrity, and a sense of responsibility in building a successful household of bourbon brand. So check that out, Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Uh, Woo! What a happy Easter. Happy Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, if you are of Christian descent. If you're not, shout out to you, who all those people that get bunnies. Um, interesting weekend, interesting times in life. This is the Woody's Roundup. We're back to the scheduled podcast of wonderful guests. We're going to get these emails. But first, uh, the great DMX, ladies and gentlemen. DMX is hospitalized, if you don't know. Uh, he was hospitalized over an overdose. It happened on Friday. Uh, this family started visiting. We'll read the article right here. Um, this is the article. It says, family uh, tells C-Sources... Oh, sorry, let me read it again. Uh, this is Friday. Okay, uh, DMX suffered a drug overdose Friday night and is currently in the hospital right now, and he's on life support. And the prognosis is not good. The sources believe that he was at his home at 11 p.m. Uh, when he had an overdose, which triggered a heart attack. DMX was rushed to the hospital in White Plains, New York, is in critical care, and we're told there's some brain activity, and he may be inside a vegetable state. And this is the last updated article was... According to DMX's rep, uh, he was rushed to the hospital. He's clinging on to the ICU. He's in critical condition, and he's been a warrior his whole life. The situation represents yet another road that he must conquer. And, uh, man, drugs are crazy, man. I've never been on uh, heavy drugs before, uh, but I've seen the effect of people that I know, like, on drugs where you can't get off or where you're hooked or something turns into something and you keep you keep going at it. And DMX has been very open about his drug addiction. He's been very open about how he's been feeling and like every album. DMX is one of my favorite rappers. Uh, one of my favorite, Snoop is one of my, Snoop is my all time favorite. But DMX, I remember those early 2000s and late late 1990s, the, the whole Rough Riders, Rough Riders anthem. Uh, my best, <laughs> I like it when DMX because he, we used to use DMX's because my parents, I grew up religious, right? I'm still, I'm still not religious, but my parents are, you know, Christians. And when you grow up in a Christian household, you can't listen to different type of music. But since DMX was a Christian, that was our chance to, listen to, to say, yo, he's a, he's listen to the prayer. So you listen to him, in the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. And then you just hear, what did one from? It's like a balance of ratchetness and righteousness. I forgot who said that, told me balance. But that was DMX. Uh, my favorite was like, Lord, give me a sign. Show me how to raise the blind. But my favorite song of all time is Slippin'. It's like when I'm ever feeling down, that's my jam. Slippin', falling, can't get up. He said, God, God, I didn't even wrote a joke about it. But, yo, prayers up for DMX, man. Hopefully, man, DMX, prayerfully DMX is gone. There's been some false information that he's off the off the life support. I guess his lawyer got some wrong information. But uh, shout out to the dog. And it was recently DMX when he did. He looked he looked good. He was like very fat. He talked about being fat when he did the verses. But uh, you know, when you're on drugs and off drugs, that's freaking hard. And just the OD up there in White Plains is like up, like upper state New York. And there's so many comedians out here that have met DMX. He would randomly come to Harlem. 
there's the story that this guy told me that he used to live in Harlem because uh, he was getting in trouble when he was up north. So there'll be random nights, this place called Mocha's Lounge on Mondays where they did stand up and DMX would just go there. And then I'd be so pissed at nights that I went, yo, DMX is here. I'm like, what? Dang. But uh, shout out, shout out to DMX. Uh, these are one of my favorite. My favorite one is DMX praying at Kanye West's. You and Kanye used to do the Sunday service is DMX right here. Special privileges. I am God's favored child. No good thing will he withhold from me. Because of God's favor, my enemies cannot triumph over me. I have supernatural increase and promotion. I declare restoration of everything the devil has stolen from me. I have honor in the midst of my adversaries and an increase of access, especially in real estate and expansion of territory. The best thing is DMX's prayers. His prayers get you so amped up, man. And uh, prayers up for his family. He has a lot of kids, man. Hopefully, um, God willing, that he makes it through, man. Because that'd be another, another effing tough loss for the, for just people, for hip hop in general, man. For hip hop in general. So prayers up for the dog DMX. And uh, I should have did it. And uh, happy Resurrection Sunday. If you don't know, this is the day where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified uh, for his for his faith. He was, he was. He was uh, turned in by this little snitch called Peter. Uh, well, that's not how the Bible reads it, but that's how I read it, Peter. Uh, well, it wasn't Peter. It was Judas. Well, Peter was the one that denied him. So that little snitch, Judas, when Jesus said, you dare betray the son of man with a kiss. And, uh, yeah, and then he died, and he went down to hell. This is uh, my version of it. And then after that, that gave people the chance to have because Jesus died for your sins and say now that your sins have all been forgiven. And that's what he did after that. People got second chances. That's the only part I debate inside the Bible. I debate that. I feel like the people who were in hell when Jesus came down there, they got a chance to get uh, that second cleansing and get up out of there. Uh, and because they got that cleansing, we don't. Well, we get several chances, but still, they literally were in hell and got out. That was their get out of the hell free card. But for the people living on earth, you go down there, it's over for you. Yep, it's over for you. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to that. I remember, I guess I remember being a kid, being in North Carolina. My aunt's, uh, my aunt Deep, she's uh, passed away. But I remember she would, her, my aunt Julia, my aunt Sheila, they would do all these Easter egg hunts. And they would take these hard-boiled eggs. I don't think they do it anymore. And, well, probably not the way this society is. But they would paint hard-boiled eggs and they would make maybe, maybe a hundred of them. And now thinking about it, how much work they did and how much work they put in just for us to have uh, a little Easter egg hunt, you know, thinking about it now, how hard-boiled <laughs> hard eggs, and you got to paint the eggs, and, well, they had dye and stuff like that, and they would hide it all over the church, and we would have these baskets, and then we start running and start collecting the eggs, and I remember they would first let the little ones, uh, like my baby sister and then baby, my little sisters go first, because I remember one time, I think it was Candace or Katora, where they didn't get no eggs, and you see the one of them crying, what happened? I didn't get no Easter eggs. And everybody, everybody give up an egg. Uh-uh, everybody give up two eggs. Uh-uh, they should have they been, they been the first ones getting eggs before y'all big boys and big girls getting, giving them some Easter eggs. I think it was my granddad that said that. He was like in his 80s. Yo, give us give some Easter give us. Say he's in the late 70s. Give us some, everybody needs some Easter eggs. Everybody get some Easter eggs. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Resurrection Sunday. And I think that's why transition to Little Nas X, why his shoes are getting such a bad flag. Just bad timing, bad timing. If you're not aware, because all the, everyone's emailed about Little Nas X's video, I watched it, uh, and he's uh, gyrating on the devil. <laughs> what the 
He's giving the devil a lap dance in hell. But at the end, he snaps his dev the devil's neck. So is I don't I don't know was 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 it a Christian video? Because he ends up killing the devil. Uh, the big controversy was Little Nas X selling these tennis shoes, six hundred and sixty-six uh, tennis shoes, and six 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 cents for the mark of the devil, right? And every they're from Nike. Let's let's read it again. Nike. Okay, so pretty much these are Nike's, uh, these Nike Air Max shoes, the 97s, right? And this company, it's MSCHF, uh, they they rebrand shoes. I mean, they, you know, like they, they resell shoes for a higher price and make custom shoes, which is not a crime, but Nike stopped the, the <laughs> Nike stopped the sale of them, and I get it, because Resurrection Sunday, like, like, dog, this is Easter and Passover. This is one of the holiest, the holiest times for both Jewish people and Christian people. And you talking about Satan, my brother? You got to <laughs> back it up. But it's it's a good song. Call me when you need him. Blah, 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 blah. But now I don't know if it's a Satanist song or something like that. But uh, I had a tweet that I said, I said, um, <laughs> I said, Little Nas X, Little Nas X has gi- gave the devil a lap dance and then broke his neck. And now he's selling shoes. I said, I wonder if the minute the the entry to be a Scientologist is that hard. And boy, so many people from the Church of Scientology have been writing like, "What are you talking about? This is not how we get in." I was like, "It's just a joke, clearly, just uh, some jokes." But shout out to Little Nas X. Hopefully, he gets through uh, whatever. Uh, it was crazy how he said that his the Old Town Road song was a song about sipping lean. I didn't get that vibe from it, but uh, yeah. Definitely bad timing with resurrection, Passover, and then you uh, clapping your cheeks on uh, Lucifer. Video is cool though. Video is cool. I don't like scary. I don't. I don't do the scary stuff. That's the thing about me. Like, the only reason why I do get on roller coasters now is my brother forced me to go on roller coasters when I was like nine years old. I was tall. I think I was nine or ten, and we're going to Bush Gardens in Virginia. And I would only I wouldn't get on any ride. I just didn't like the I don't like the wait when you're waiting to get on a roller coaster because it's a long line, so you have all this time to debate if you're gonna get up there. You see how high it is, and then my brother's like, "Just get up there and close your eyes. If it gets worse, just close your eyes. That's how you get out of it." And he's like, "The ride's only ninety seconds." And I don't know how what he was thinking at like eleven to count in seconds how long these roller coasters were. But then after that, I start getting on roller coasters. But sometimes I'm just like, I don't like getting shot up in the air, the feeling of floating. But I get on roller coasters, but I don't like scary movies at all. I like the Jigsaw movies. <laughs> but even when I was in college, like, let's watch the Jigsaw. I said, nah, I'm not watching this. They're like, what? I said, I heard it's scary. Like, nah, it's not scary. It's just mystery. I said, all right, I'll do that. But I don't do scary movies. I don't do that. My lady loves scary movies. And I'll be like, yeah, you got to watch this somewhere else. <laughs> nah. I remember it was... It was uh, maybe when I was 12 or 11. I left to Japan when I was 11. I think I was 11. And back in the day, if you live in the South, they do these big, giant plays during Resurrection Weekend. That's why I'm telling the story. So they do these plays about seven characters, four characters, and the play is like a moving, is a moving, uh, here's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. If you ever been to Disney World inside Tomorrowland, there's this thing or this old man and you're going through like a carousel of him going throughout history and about technology and everything else. He burns a turkey. Uh, Days of Future, whatever it's called, Tomorrowland. I forgot what it's called. But they do that at a church, right? You follow four people, and these four people are going through 
different situations, they all die and they all follow their journey to hell or heaven, right? Or the rapture comes. So there's, it's this most famous play that everyone goes and sees it, right? And you get to the pearly gates and they look through the Lamb's Book of Life and it's like a giant production in North Carolina, right? So my aunt's there, rest in peace on Deed. She's there, my family's there. And they say little kids had to be like 10 or something, or 10 or 10 or 9. Little kids can't go to the hell portion. You go to something else. So these people die, and you follow them, and you follow, like, different people. One couple is doing a – one couple, the rapture comes. So they're sitting on this this rocking chair talking, and all of a sudden they vanish. And I'm not even kidding. They vanish between your eyes. And that's when I knew it was a play because my aunt walks over and is like, uh-uh, I got to ask, how do y'all do that? And they go, they had this uh, very, this mirror, and the mirror projects, and they move the mirror, and it looks like the people vanish in front of your eyes. They had really high-quality production. So you follow these couples. Uh, one couple's in a car crash, and they get up to heaven, and he finds his little sister there because his little sister's doing that. And this other couple doesn't go. It's a backslider. And they, you're walking throughout the tour through the play, and they're in hell. And they go, kids can't go. And my aunt goes, Jared, if you want to go, I'll take you. And I'm, like, walking in there, and I'm, like, scared as F because there's, like, these little fire things. And these people are, like, shaking. They're, like, you just hear, like, people tormenting and, like, screaming and all that other stuff. And I'm, like, as a kid, like, staring at it, like, what the freak? Like, what, what the, f you know, F, you know, this is freaking scary. And I remember this old man walking up to me. He goes, son, he said, this is just a play. The real hell is worse than this. So it's like very, <laughs> so it was like very, like very, you know, what's the point of telling the story? Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's the whole point of like doing these things. So, like, the, the so I, I, to that day, like, I don't like being scared. Like, I like scaring people, like doing everything else, but I just don't like scary movies. I don't like the feeling of being scared, man. I don't like the feeling of like demons, all that, that demonic stuff. I'm like, oh, nope, oh, time to go. Oh, oh, roll it out. So, yeah, don't do that. But I, I do think this. I do think that a lot of people in churches, they preach hell, which scares a lot of people, you know? <laughs> I remember there was a time where it was like maybe 105 degrees, and I'm in the – this is like freaking – let me see. Trenton, North Carolina, like the sticks, right, The back, these backwoods. And I'm telling my grand, and my grandfather has a heater on his feet, and I'm telling him, like, dude, it's so hot. Can you please turn off the heat? And he goes, you know what? You know it's hot in here, but you know what? Hell is a whole lot hotter than this. Get your life right. <laughs> I'm like, what the freak? But uh, that's that that whole that, you know so uh, that that whole ministry. And I guess I say that today because Easter Sunday checked out uh my home church back in Florida. I went to service. That was my day, and then um I did these Bible studies this week. And I'll get I'll get how I got to the Bible studies. Okay, yeah, I got to the Bible studies like that. All right. But before the day, I'm going to answer this email. Uh, I'm reading. Okay, good. Everyone's asking about my friend Ellen, Ellen Ravenel. Uh, yo, hit her up, man. Freaking hit her up. Uh, sh I don't know how much her her, uh, her prices are uh, for the photography, but if you're in Miami, just hit her up. She's down, down, to, she's down to do everything else. And, yeah. I really, truly amazed with her life story, and I'm proud, you know, and I'm not even a big homie. I'm just, we're the same age. She's 30, I'm 32, but there were so many times that I was watching her Instagram. That's how I do, like, when I'm I'm watching people's stories, man, I just get excited. I'll screenshot if anyone has anything, like, if anybody accomplishes anything, I'm that type of dude, like, yo, congratulations, you're freaking having a baby, all that other stuff. Like, I feel like 
That's what social media is. It helps you keep in contact with other people, you know. But at the same time, I can get how people get depressed watching other people's life stories transition. So, yeah, definitely hit those people up. We want to wish happy birthday uh, to my dog, Zay, ladies and gentlemen. And I met Xavier. This is little Xavier, uh, Xavier Street, my friend Jacqueline. That's, that's somebody I want to get on the podcast. I want to get my homie Jessica Lopez. I want so many people I want to get on the podcast I got to hit up. But uh, I read this status that just made me, like, so happy and so sad. I forgot all about this. This is my friend Jacqueline Street. This is where she goes, y'all, I'm not okay. I'm just pretending this is how she reads. <sighs> my son, Zay, turned 18 yesterday. My baby is not a baby anymore. I cannot take it. Zay literally made me. He gave me life when I wanted to take my life, when I wanted my life to be over. Yes, at 14, I was battling those things. Most people didn't know and couldn't imagine. But having Isaiah, oh, Isaiah, I don't call Isaiah, his dad's name is Xavier, literally saved my life so even so most people thought it was the craziest thing to have a baby at 14 i knew god was blessing me with my saving grace isaiah means god is my salvation thank you isaiah for loving me in the most darkest moments of my life even when i thought i was sucking as a mom thank you for teaching me and accepting me for me isaiah you're so freaking smart <laughs> and you've already been accepted to five colleges i'm proud of you baby boy you have grown to be an amazing man and i know you will be just Excuse me. And I know you will be just I know you will just continue to learn and grow and be even also into being an even. What the freak is up with my reading? <laughs> I love you, Isaiah, so much. I'm freaking I love you. Let me put my glasses on. I don't even wear glasses. I'm proud of you, baby boy. You have grown to be an amazing young man. And I know you will continue to learn and grow and even more be an awesome individual. I love you beyond measure. Happy freaking birthday again. Yo, that freaking touched me, man. This girl, Jackie Street, I remember when she was pregnant. I remember at four, we were all 14. I don't think I was 13. And I remember she telling, like, saying, like, she's having a baby. And I was like, that was so cool. We used to watch her uh, be having a little pudgy little stomach when she was pregnant. We're all in, like, high school. And her son is, like, 18. And honestly, sometimes I think all the time, I was like, yeah, I wish I had all my kids when I was 14, <laughs> when I was 14 as well. Because now her son's a grown man. I imagine, like, if my son was, like, 18 right now, we would have so much fun. And if he was a stand-up comic, we could actually just kill in New York. We could be a father and son team. But shout-out to Jackie Street. Shout-out to little Isaiah. Well, he's a grown man now. Uh, happy birthday, young man. Turn 18. We pray that everything works well inside your life. Boom. And we'll get out of here with this. So, New York City. If you don't live in New York City, what's happening is going on inside our lives. New York City has opened up the comedy clubs. It's been a year since comedy clubs closed down, so New York City, if you're not aware, we break it down pretty much every week because everyone asks what's going on. New York City has two major important comedy scenes. If you think about New York, there's the club scene and there's the alternative scene. The alternative scenes are, you know, some rooftop shows sometimes, but not really rooftops, more like bar shows, underground shows and stuff like that. And pretty much the club shows are like Broadway, the Comedy Cellar, the Stand, all these clubs in New York, and they've been closed for a year. So what happened was... Uh, some of the bars stayed open a little bit, but some of the bars have moved their shows out to the sides of the streets. There's been like Onis. I'm a Southern dude, so like Onis where you build like a little shack, and they've been stand up there. Stand up's been on top of roofs, and like me, we put stand up to the park. So now there's tons of comedy now. But the club spots, so now the clubs are open. So a lot of people are happy again. Some people are posting like a lot of comics. Comedy's back. I was like, it never left. I was here. Uh, <laughs> definitely here the whole time. But a lot of people, some people get a little intimidated because if you didn't take advantage of this time, 
as the clubs are open, establish yourself as a comedian. When the clubs open back up, everyone falls back to their respective locations. Like if you're a stand comic, you go to the stand. If you're past everywhere, you can go everywhere. Uh, I'm past at a couple clubs. So I did Broadway this weekend, and shows were packed out, packed out, packed out. And you got to get back to the hustle of doing club spots. So if you have a club spot, if your club spot is at 1020, you need to be there at 10. You need to be there on time. Like, if you're at a park show, you could be late because, you know, a park, you know, some shows don't start on time. But now I had to remember, I was like, I got a show at 9 o'clock. I had to run to Brooklyn, then I have to run back to Brooklyn to do a 10:20 spot. And I get to Brooklyn, and I'm like, oh, man, that show runs late. So I have to, like, I, I got to leave in my club spot. So I run back into the city. I catch an Uber. Uber's not going too fast. Hop out the Uber, get in the lift, get there. My spot's at 10:20. Then the Uber driver gets into a fender bender with a bike. And I'm like, freak, I got to get out. It's 10:19. So I'm running to my spot, and I'm running from 1019, and I'm on 34th Street, and I got to get to 53rd Street, and I got on freaking Timberlands. So I'm like, freak, I got to go. I blitz up there, miss my spot. But now you just got to adjust to doing club spots again. So I got a whole bunch of club spots. That was, again, I did a 5 o'clock show. was really good. This week, the best show was, actually, it was a, it was a, it was a good and bad show. It was Tuesday, Monday, excuse me, Monday. I did Penthouse Comedy, which is good, and then I run over to... Mama's boy, that's my dog Jared Schwartz. Uh, very proud of this young man. He's uh, he used to be, I think I remember him when he was like a young, I think he's twenty five now or twenty four. But I remember when he was twenty three, just like, hey yo, you're trying to chill? What's up? You're trying to chill? Like, can I chill? I was like, yeah, come on, let's go. Really? I was like, yeah, come on. And we went to like this big comedy powwow where everybody was there. Excuse me, I can't say that word powwow anymore. And uh. And I was like, yeah, just chill. Just walk in and you'll get in. And, you know, we sneak in and we go to this place. So now during the pandemic, he was the one that really stepped it up because he wasn't getting spots like that. So he created his show. His show's been great. And now he's becoming a player in the scene. He's gotten super funny now. So now he can work. So he goes, hey, Tuesday, Monday, excuse me, uh, we have a show for influencers. Can you come down to 20 minutes? I was like, F yeah, I'll come through there. So I come and I didn't understand... <laughs> When he said influencers, I didn't get what he was saying because I got there pretty late. And so everybody on this in the audience are IG influencers. So they're all these supermodels. These are all these models. And I'm not intimidated by models. I've been around models before. But these are models, uh, TikTok people, and whatever. So this girl, she's a young comedy. Lisa told me, I'm an influencer. I said, like, how many TikTok followers you got? She's like, 10,000. I said, these have a million. <laughs> I was like, so these are the real deal. So the comics are going up, and it's like a rough room because everyone's talking. You know, it's about them. So I get up, and it's the most politest heckle. Like, they're talking, but they quiet down when I tell the jokes. And then as I tell the jokes, I'm telling a story about the engagement story, which is one of my closing bits. And before I finish, he goes, hey, what's your Instagram? And I was like, it's uh, Mr. Wars. We're watching your proposal right now. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. We're watching it. Yeah, we're watching your proposal. It's nice. And I was like, what the frick? <laughs> so as, and, and you got to realize when you're doing shows like this, when the show is about these people, the goal is not to offend these people, not even to offend them. It's like, it's the party's for them. It's a party for them. You're the entertainment, so you do it. So there's like 60, maybe 50 people there. 30 people are listening. You target the 30 people and do that, and that's when those little short jokes work out. So we're talking to these models, and they're all like, oh, my God, your lady's so beautiful. Is she a model? I said, yeah, 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 she models. Yeah, 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 she mo we model a lot. 
Gap jeans, that's us, Gap jeans. But like all these models, they're all six foot, six foot one. All these chicks are like super tall. They're super tall. And uh, they're walking up to me afterwards. We're just talking, you know, networking and stuff like that. And they're like, how come you don't curse? I said, like, you know, cursing is just not a part of my act. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't try not to curse. It's just growing up, you know, as a teenager, we didn't curse at all. We didn't curse in the house. I don't, I don't curse at all. There's different, different words I use besides different words, F, platypus, everything else that I use. And she goes, well, I'm a Christian artist. I'm a Christian model. Said, oh, okay, cool. So we exchange information. Then this other model walks up, and they go, because I have this Belizean flag in my bag. Are you from Haiti? And I was like, nah, this, I'm, I'm, I'm just slave black. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, uh, just from the South or whatever. Exchange information. And she goes, Isaiah, look, let's all be friends, link up, everything else. And she tells me about this Bible study group. I was like, all right, cool. And she goes, we do a Bible study Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm like, man, that's a lot. That's every, every day, golly, that's a lot. <laughs> and I said, look, I can't do it that many times, but I'll pop in. If it's through Zoom, it's easier for me to pop in and check it out. So I do it, and they invite me to a Saturday one. I go to the Saturday one, and sometimes it's just awkward when there's only three people <laughs> The first, the first one was like a giant big one, like a 10-people one, and the other one was like only three people. So it was very like, it wasn't weird, but it's just like my level of faith, even though it doesn't seem like that. I know a lot about the Bible. I know a lot about the stories. And I'm not a rookie in the faith, you know? I'm not a rookie in the faith. So this dude, he's dealing with the Bible study. We're talking. And then he says, uh, so let's, we try to do, everyday bible studies i'm like oh i said what i said whoa i said whoa whoa turbo whoa wait a minute and he goes yeah everyday bible studies will link up your schedule and that's when i was like you know i, I do stand up a lot i was like sometimes bible studies is a one-on-one -on -one thing and i'm gonna end it with this because it's resurrection sunday and and easter sunday i i told this dude we're reading this this scripture that he, he brought up i could have with this we we debated uh he asked an important question, is the Bible outdated? And uh, I said no. I said the Bible isn't outdated. I think that the world has evolved, right? And it's like in Second Peter where he goes, the Bible is completely relata relatable, inspired by the men who wrote it, so we can trust the very word of it. There's not a private interpretation of the Bible. You have to hold the Bible above your opinions. And I said this. I said, that's right. I said, but you got to think about it. The Bible is interpreted through somebody else's interpretation. If you look about history, King James rewrote a lot of that Bible, a lot of the Bible. And you got to think it was written, written, excuse me, in like Hebrew or whatever the original language was. And it was transcribed to English. And some words aren't relatable to English. So you're sometimes guesstimating about what you're saying and stuff like that. And the last scripture we talked about, eh, it was... <clears throat> It was in James, right? It was in James. The Bible is like a mirror. So what you see, you need to fix. You should change spiritually. And the last one was First Timothy. We're talking. It goes, our doctrine should be from the Bible. It is important to preserve in these two things and save yourself and those who hear from you. And this is what I feel about religion in general, right? I say this a lot. Uh, I went to Israel 2016, 2017, I think it's 2016, turned to 2017, and I'm sitting there going to all these these religious sites. This is, I was talking to my aunt about, I mentioned her a lot because we used to, 
it's really hard when people die out of your lives that you really needed at the time. Because my aunt was more like a spiritual advisor and everything else, right? And my dog, Shan, was more like the 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 thing where we base like each other's lives. But my aunt was more spiritual advisor. And she asked me when I was in Israel, she goes, what's all those sites like? And we're texting. And I say, honestly, because char- you charge a shekel to get inside there and stuff like that. And I was like, how do we know that Jesus was at these sites? I said, why would he build a church up? I said, well, there was, I said, they didn't, I said, I know he's a carpenter. I said, but he was literally boots on the ground. And she goes, that's what it all is. That's what he all, that's why he got so upset. He just said, like, go out, spread the gospel, and tell people about Jesus Christ, right? Go out. That's all they said. He didn't say, shame anybody for what they feel, shame anybody for how they identify themselves, shame everything like that. So while I was talking that sometimes we, and like Christianity, especially with this weekend, sometimes people use Christianity to hurt other people because you're tr- you're trying to hold people by the principles you align yourself with. You know, some people might not be there. Some people might not be where you are spiritually. Like me, when I'm at a comedy club and I'm talking to people, I can laugh and kiki about a lot of stuff that a lot of people can't other do, but I know that this dude's heart is right. He may have a vulgar mouth or anything else, so I said the message is to go out and spread the gospel, right? I can sit down with Muslim people, Jewish people, non uh I say I can sit down with anybody, right? The only people I, the only person that I did have a problem not a problem with this, I was with a witch and she goes, Would you like me to cast a spell for you? I was, Oh no, I gotta get up <laughs> So I gotta get up out of here. But we talked about that, about loving people, man. Like if you think about God's message because this is Easter Sunday. He just loved everybody. He loved everybody. And sometimes you have to prove yourself that you are loved, right? I think the thing about me is I try to not judge anybody. Whatever you are, whatever you identify with, whatever you feel about faith, about anything else, everybody's entitled to have their own opinion. My goal is to to spread love and not to cast out anybody, right? I think most of the rebukes should happen to people of the faith should rebuke each other by judging different people. Because through judging, you can hurt somebody. You can hurt somebody. Unless somebody wants to come to church and they feel like, I'm not accepted, or you feel like this, or you feel like your whole life you're not accepted, and you're shunned apart that when That could be the perfect time where you could be like, oh, you know how nice this dude was? Like, yeah, he didn't even judge me. So that's what we talked about. Uh, but, yeah, happy Easter. We'll, we'll end it with that. Uh, shout out to all the emails. Definitely email Ellen if you want to <laughs> talk to her. Email her. She's open as a book. Uh, also, we're going to be reviewing once you're here. We got those episodes loaded up. We got a dear friend, my friend Nora. She is from Australia. Uh, she's coming on the podcast. We're doing her time capsule. And uh, follow us. Follow us on Instagram. Email us whatever you want. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Oh, this is the last thing. Uh, we hit up to 5,200 subscribers. We have 5,200 people listening. Uh, a lot of people asked us, are we going to start a Patreon? Uh, we have it, but the reason why I didn't want to some Patreon through video footage. When people get on this podcast, we do it through Zoom sometimes, and I tell them we don't release the video, you know, and it depends on them. If they want the video release, we'll release the video. Most people are crying and stuff like that, and we'll put it on Patreon, and we'll have, like, a, a different rating or everything else. But we're, gonna, we're working on that. Uh, if you're in the city, if you're in New York City, uh, my comedy show, uh, Astoria Park, it's called Training Day Comedy, happens every every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, unless it rains. We'll be right there on 19th and 23rd Avenue. Uh, if you want to catch me, I'm going to update the website. I have so many, now since the clubs are open, I have like so many spots where it's hard to 
tell where I'm going to be. But if you want to see me for a long period of time, it is in Wednesday nights at Astoria Park. Uh, my name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Prayers up to our dog DMX. Pull through. All right. Have a wonderful night. Hey, you're live on the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm going to be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jared Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.